Hi, welcome to the CCW Safe podcast. Uh, I'm Rob High, and I'm joined today again by Phil Naiman. Uh, welcome, Phil. Hey, Rob. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good, sir. I appreciate it. Um, Phil and I have been talking a little bit about some of the current events going on. Um, and one of the things that we had discussed, it's got limited information on it, but it's one of those things that seems to be more common uh, in this day and age than ever before. And it's people resorting to violence over some of the most insignificant everyday happenings. Uh, this one was a, an incident at a gas station in Houston, Texas. Um, one vehicle next to another vehicle and a door gets opened and dings the car next to him and a, and a man winds up getting shot and killed for, for nothing. Um, well, I mean, he did ding the car door, you know, it's not for nothing. I mean, that's, boy, that's just such a serious offense. Everybody should come out, you know, guns a blazing. You know, Rob, it, it's the sad reality of the world we live in is there's so little respect for life, especially someone else's life, right? Um, that someone would escalate something from the ding of a material object. Now, I don't, I don't want my car door dinged, right? But to say it's an overreaction is, is the understatement of the year. You know, somebody lost their life over an incident in, an, in a parking, you know, gas station. And, and as we talked offline earlier, you were saying that, you know, even though you're carrying, even though you have the, that ability to defend yourself in some situations, it's best not to put yourself in some situations. Maybe you can comment a little bit on that. Well, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, I was I was in law enforcement for for a couple of decades, and carrying a gun was just part of life for me. Um, it's it's having the understanding that when I make a decision to to carry a firearm, I kind of forfeit the right to respond to things emotionally. And humans are emotional creatures. It's just how we're wired. Um, but I have to hold myself to that higher standard. Um, I can't just fly off the handle and just respond violently to everything. That's just crazy. Um, we always talk about it. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's like you have to have situational awareness, right? We talk about yeah. that all the time. It's, it's what's around you. Take a look, you know, keep your head on a swivel. I teach my kids this all the time. What's coming up behind you take, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Well, you almost have to do the same thing emotionally is to check yourself. Why right. am I so angry about this? Yeah, my door got dinged. Okay, fine. It's a $50 comprehensive claim on my insurance. They'll repaint the stinking thing. I'm good. Whatever. You know, check your emotions the same way you would check your surroundings. And I think that's a very important thing to, to do because a bullet doesn't think. A bullet is a, is a physics equation. It is traveling at a certain speed. It is going a certain direction with a certain twist with a certain amount of foot pounds of impact. And that's all the bullet knows, right? You can't get them back. You right. can't resend like an email, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shoot that. No, once the bullet's gone, man, it's, it has done whatever you've sent it to do. So 
the situational awareness and the emotional awareness have to go hand in hand, especially when you're caring, because, you know, you've, you've been an investigator for uses of force and you see something like this and somebody was so upset that they reacted violently over what, it, what we are all agreeing later on is really a minor thing. Well, lives are materially changed. The bullets he sent did whatever he sent them to do. Somebody lost their life. Somebody else should be in jail forever. Right. This is a, a felony, a murder, a homicide, however you want to call it. Um, somebody used their emotions out of check and took someone else's life. And probably wasn't this person's first emotional outburst in violence is a rough guess on my expert. As a police officer, if somebody jumps out of a car and shoots somebody else because they've had a door ding, is that their first run in with the law? Do they start there? No. And, and it's, you know, we, we discussed this a little bit. It's, it's kind of like what our cultures become. <clears throat> you know, I, when I first got into law enforcement, I, I had a pager. I didn't even have a cell phone. Um, and you're dating yourself now. Yeah. Pagers were kind of a new deal back then. Um, made you feel cool. Cops and drug dealers had pagers. And, and that's about it. Yeah. And everybody had their own little codes and everything else. Um, but it's one of those that now we have that ability to, to stay anonymous. We hide in anonymity and something, I see something posted online and I don't like it. And oh my gosh, I just go on the attack. And, you know, we were talking about this, these, these keyboard warriors that, that have this false sense of security and they bolster themselves up. I've seen the same thing with just people driving cars and and you have no earthly idea the skill set of the guy next to you in that car and suddenly oh actually i i'm sorry now i'm i'm in southern california i know exactly their skill set level okay all i ask them to do is just don't run into me i'll get around you as quickly as i can just oh. stay in your stinking lane. I know their skill set level. It's zero. Actually, it's it's like Mario Brothers. They like to hit as many things as they can, thinking they're getting Absolutely. points. So start with that assumption and you'll never be disappointed. Sure. And but it's it's one of those that, you know, I'm 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 in this steel container that is capable of going, you know, however many miles an hour down the road. It it's in itself a projectile that's this huge mass at speed oh, yeah. at impact creates great damage it's like a larger scale of a bullet it just doesn't go the same feet per second uh but they get this this mindset that they're invincible if they're locked inside this car um again i mean it, you you don't have the or you shouldn't have uh the same kind of emotional responses to things. I mean, I've, I've been an idiot and not seen somebody in my blind spot and started to merge over in front of them. Absolutely felt terrible about doing that. Um, but some of the emotional responses I've seen to that is just like, good grief, you know, and, and I'll just avoid that. I'm, I'm going down the road and, and moving on. I just, yeah, there's way bigger, way bigger, more important things in life than, then somebody hurt my feelings as I was driving. Um, same thing that, you know, parked in a parking lot and somebody dings my door. I mean, it's just crazy the way people react to that. Well, you know, it is. Again, it comes down to, to your mindset. 
and allowing everything to build up. You know, the coffee was cold this morning. Your wife said something you didn't like on your way out the door. There's extra traffic because Caltrans decides to close off three lanes in the morning to do sweeping during rush hour. You're late to your first two meetings because they've set you back. You heard a no at the office. You know, this happened, this happened. It all piles up and then somebody dings your door. And if you're not in control and check of your emotions, as we all should be, which is our responsibility to be in control of ourselves, you know, this is where we see people fly off the handle. And if they have a disposition that says they don't have respect for life, that's, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. This person who came off this, you know, I'm guessing, I am guessing that he has a bit of a, a track record with police department because people don't start there. You know, somebody dings your door, you maybe you get out, you yell at them. You don't start a gunfight unless you've already been down the road of life doesn't matter. And, and, you know, the criminal mindset is what we're looking at here. Once again, if firearms are outlawed, only people like this guy will have firearms because they don't follow the laws. They are outlaws. They have no respect for life. They have certainly no respect for law or law enforcement. We had another situation in Florida. This was a unbelievable shootout. Did you see this one where two police officers are stopped and they're talking to um, a couple of guys outside their car? It was really a weird video because it seems really lackadaisical, like they're having a picnic. You know, the cops and these guys are just, I don't know if they're riding them up or what, but just jawboning with these uh, two guys that are outside their car. And one cop walks up to the other car and he says, Hey, um, you know, why don't you step out of the car? Let's, you know, there's a baby in the back seat, three guys, a baby in the back seat. Mm. Am I stepping out of the car? As he goes to open the door, the guy jumps out with an AR 15 pistol and lays into him. Did you see that? I've seen it. Yes, sir. <clears throat> so the gentleman that got out of the backseat of that car had 34 felony arrests on his record. Only 34. I guess if he was arrested 35 times on felony counts, maybe they would take him serious that he is a career criminal and keep him in jail. I mean, if we consider how many times they consider or constantly, not consider, consistently let felons out of jail to deal with this and, and amongst the innocent population, you know, that's that's the issue that we're dealing with. That's why people want to carry concealed. We don't know what we're getting into because the, the, the legal system is absolutely broken. You as a police officer, how many times did you arrest the same guy? Do you have a record like Joe, Joe, Joe Blow uh, um, on the station wall? Oh yeah, I arrested that guy 11 times. Well, I got him 13 times, you know? There's career criminals that they keep letting out. You're shaking your head. So do you have a story on that? Oh, I, I, I worked in the gang enforcement unit um, for years, um, super, super incredibly gifted group of guys that I worked with, um, that were given the opportunity to be proactive and not reactive and, and actually go hunt these guys down that are, that are out there. They're, they, they do every crime known to man. It doesn't matter. They, and, and it doesn't matter that it's, a kid from a uh, low socioeconomic background. We had kids that were in gangs that their parents were actually really well off and they came all the way down into, you know, these, these little 
depressed areas and they'd catch in with these kids because they thought it was cool. And you'd have a kid that was grown up really in the lap of luxury that jumps in and, and all of a sudden he thinks it's cool to be a gangster and there's nothing cool about that. Um, and it would be over and over and over again. It was like a revolving door with some of those kids. Um, and some of them, some of them got out of the life, but the vast majority of those kids got shot up or they went to the penitentiary or both. Exactly. But, but I mean, the point of that is, is that we are, you don't know who's pulling into the gas station next to you. Now I'm saying to be paranoid yes. about everybody you see. You don't know. You don't know if this is a guy who's been arrested 34 times and doesn't care about his life at all. He'd rather have a shootout than a cup of coffee. You don't know who you're dealing with. So again, keeping our emotions in check, keeping our, our stuff squared away, uh, knowing your surroundings. If you know your surroundings and you keep yourself out of a danger zone, or somebody's approaching and they see that you're you've got some awareness they tend to veer off it's like you know a shark comes in and veers off goes find something else a little easier so your best course of defense is your alertness and keeping your emotions in check you won't put yourself in there you won't you won't, you won't get into the ego the chest bump the the stupidity that guys get into when they get too emotional over a situation. And that's, that's what we need to do, especially when you're carrying a firearm out there, you know, you don't want to introduce it into a situation where it doesn't belong and that you've put it into, because then you have a lot of explaining to do. And it's, you know, everybody later on will Monday morning quarterback you and pick it apart. And that's, that's kind of what some of the things you did as you, as a use of force expert, maybe we can take a look at that when we come back and we have to do a quick break, but um, I'll let you bring us out to the break on that. But I, I think that that's something that's very critical is, is when you let your emotions run, it's, it's never a good idea. And so when we're dealing with, with carrying firearms and we're dealing with deadly situations, you can't go backwards, right? There's no do-overs. It's like retirement. There's no do-overs. Well, in a use of force incident, there's no do-over. You have to live with that result. So your judgment is absolutely imperative. Right, Rob? Correct. Absolutely. Um, thanks for tuning in and come right back. We'll take a quick break and we'll be with you here in a minute. That's at 14 seconds, 14 minutes. <clears throat> Ready? Welcome back to the CCW Safe Podcast. Uh, Rob High I'm here with Paul Naiman, uh, just talking about some current events today, and uh, we welcome you back, Phil. Well, you know, I think uh, obviously we're on the CCW Safe Podcast, and CCW Safe is an absolutely important aspect to your self defense you have the right to carry a firearm. You're a non-felon, you have the right to carry a firearm. I highly suggest everybody who can do it. I like all good people to be armed, right? That's, that's the way it should be. But I'm in Southern California. If you're in Southern California, realize that the district attorneys are not your friends. We have uh, Gascon who was put in by George Soros in LA County. He is He's great for criminals. He's not really good for people who are Second Amendment law-abiding types. He doesn't like them for some reason. And I don't say that 
off the top of my head, I just look at his actions and it's what he's done. If you have to use a firearm in a defensive use of your life or life of someone else's here in Southern California, you are going to be so scrutinized over any of your actions, you're going to have to make sure that you're in the right. And one of the best ways to do that is to have CCW safe. I mean, the way that they control, not control, but the way that they review the incident and the information that they give you and how they help you out with legal services from day one, from the beginning, where you don't have to come out of your pocket for it is amazing. Maybe Rob, you want to give them some of the highlights on that. You know, it's, it's one of those that, that uh, we're very honored to be trusted by, by our members. Um, as you know, we're, it's a membership program and as a benefit of that membership uh, in the event that you're involved in an incident where you're required to use lethal force to defend yourself, whether it results in a death or not. Well, you know, and it's not just, it's not just a firearm, right? If you right. have to defend yourself with force, you guys are there. Absolutely. And, and it's any weapon of opportunity for us. So um, these hands are lethal. Register with the FBI. No, no. Okay. I know some of those guys. Please do that. <laughs> um, but it, it's one of those that that even as an officer, I never understood the cost of a defense. And I had uh, an attorney that I have great respect for, a defense attorney that had contacted me, and he was representing a gentleman that was involved in a self-defense incident. And there were some political things that played into the decision in his case as well. And he was, right. he was charged with shooting with intent to kill the man. The man didn't die. Um, I looked at it and I thought it was a really clear cut case of self-defense. And so I agreed to, to come on. I had been uh, a use of force expert for the agency I worked for. Um, I had been tasked with casting a critical eye on uh, uses of force involving police officers. Um, and in this incident, incident, uh, I, I really felt like this guy was in the right. Um, and we go through, we work the thing. It the court system never works the way you think it does. It never works as fast as you think it does. Um, this case went to trial about two years after the occurrence. So what happened to that guy's life for those two years? Well, he's, he's just absolutely living under the stress of what's going to happen. You know, he's, he's a single dad. He's got, he's got two children. Um, he was a physician. Um, and, and just the pressure of having that hanging over your head for all of that time, even though he's got an attorney on one side and me on the other side saying, hey, everything looks good, we're confident here. Um, we're, we're not the jurors um, and it's going to 12 people at the end of a trial and they're gonna make that decision. Um, fortunately, um, we had a really quick return on the verdict um, but this man is a good friend of mine now. And I remember asking him, I said, it's none of my business and don't share if you don't want to, but um, I'm, I'm curious what your defense costs you. And it was more than $600,000. And 
it was funny because the founders of this company were friends of mine that I worked with as, as a police officer. So after that incident came down, I, I called and joined. I've been a member ever since. And it was one of those that I understood if I was involved in an on-duty shooting as a police officer, I had investigators and experts and attorneys and everything in place, chaplain services, whatever I needed. But if I was traveling with my family and I was on vacation two states over, my department, wouldn't, they weren't going to come and back me then. And I, I carry a firearm with me everywhere. So I, I became a member then before I was ever an employee here. Uh, but I understood what they did and what they stood for and the kind of team they had put together. Um, and I knew that if anything ever happened that I'd, I'd be well taken care of. And uh, they don't just cover the criminal into that. You know, they'll get all the, the trial costs and court costs with a, a criminal investigation and trial, um, including attorney's fees and expert witnesses and investigators. Um, jury consultants. There's so many things that go into that. People have no earthly idea the price of that. Um, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm with company A over here and they tell me, yeah, we've got you covered, we'll, we'll pay $250,000. Which sounds like a lot of money when you're first signing oh. up for the program. You're like, wow, wow, I'll never need that. Yeah, because you've never dealt with lawyers before. Correct. And, and you have no earthly idea um, and then suddenly you're, you're not even through a preliminary hearing and your money is, is used up. So um, it's one of the things our founders were, were really big on um, was a no limit on those, on those court costs and, and the defense costs. Um, it's, it's something that I, I would, I would be, I would be broke forever if I had to try and, and pay for something myself like that. And you won. Yes. So here's, here's the thing. So like in California, this is why this is so important, especially guys, you live in California or look Oregon. Okay. Oregon has some crazy DAs, obviously important. Um, Maricopa County, Arizona, you might think you're awesome, but Maricopa County is kind of off, off the limits. Clark County, Nevada, they have, again, the liberal DAs. All they have to do is file charges on you. Then they go to lunch, all right? But now you are fighting for your life the second time. Yes. You had an incident where you're fighting for your life on the street, whatever happened on that. Now you're fighting against a bureaucracy that is going to do a slow roll and just wear you out. And, it's, and the money, all right, this is your retirement savings, your house, everything you've worked for, that's getting drained immediately. The second thing is your life force get sucked away from you. If you don't have a way to cover this or have somebody on your team, you're not only losing money, I, I honestly think you're losing years of your life uh, over the stress of all of these things as it just grinds you down. If you've ever been involved in situations like that, where you've seen the legal system at work, you see the participants in there just hammered. I mean, the hope is gone, right? And so having the program CCW safe, right? Having them on your side is such a godsend. Now, number one, I pray that you carry your CCW weapon everywhere you can, and it never clears the holster. That's the best scenario, 
right? You don't brandish it and it never clears the holster. That's the absolute best scenario. Number two is if you have to use it, that you use it correctly and you save your life or the life of a loved one in that situation. But then if you do all of that and you haven't done your homework and had, because uh, just know, just know, unless you live in some of those counties in Florida or Texas, you're going to get filed on. The DA is going to do something. And it's not that the, the officers, the detectives don't understand. It's somebody who wants to become, oh, I don't know, maybe like vice president of the United States. You know, she was a DA for years and, and uh, you don't want to run into a situation in court against somebody like that who has all the money and time behind them of the entire government, state, county, federal, and you're trying to do that on your own dime. It just, it, even if you win, even if you win, you're broke and you're a beaten person. So that's why you need to have, you know, geez, for the, for the cost of the CCW membership, you can sleep at night. It's absolutely amazing what you get for as little as it costs. And that's ccwsafe.com in case you didn't know. Um, you know, the other part of that is not just that, that weight on me, I'm the, you know, Gary and I have talked about this. He's our critical incident response manager. <clears throat> he and I work together very closely and, and we, we've discussed what I refer to as the concentric ripples. You know, it doesn't just affect me and the other person. It affects his family. It affects my family. It affects those around us. Um, we know people that have lost, lost their jobs. They've lost employment because they were involved in an incident even though it's a remarkably justifiable incident. Well, and how, how let's just say that you're a, a salesperson and maybe you do house calls, right, for your company. I don't know, you're a solar salesman and now you're in trouble because the DA's filed charges on you. Is your company going to allow you to go to individual people's homes? No, they're going to fire you, right? They have to for their own purposes. So you, you, you're going to be out of a job. Is it going to be a little bit stressful on the marriage? Yeah, I mean, probably most people don't survive in a marriage on that. Estrange the kids, why the kids, oh, your dad did this, blah, blah, blah. It's all the way around a bad deal. And it's too bad that we have to, you know, that that's the situation we're in to defend our lives and the lives of our loved ones. And that's why, you know, you make sure that you have your back door covered, right? Right, absolutely. And, it, and it's one of those that... <clears throat> It, it's it's like my car insurance. You know, I, I, I have to have it. I'm required to have it to operate a motor vehicle. Um, I hope that I never, ever need it. But if I, I, if I am involved in an accident, man, thank goodness I've got it. Um, same thing with this incident. Um, and we've, we've had people that have tried to come around and, uh, and join after an incident. You know, How's that work? My house burned down. Can I get yes. some insurance? Oh, by the way, and all this stuff was inside of it. Yeah. Yes. No. And, and you know, I, I I get it, but you know, it doesn't work that way. If 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 I call Allstate and I say, hey, I I wrecked my car yesterday. I'd like to get a policy. Can you handle that that accident I was just in? They're just not going to do that. So, it it's not a big deal. And 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 truly, the the price is negligible for what you're what you're up against so uh it's one of those that uh i i recommend people do their homework 
they do their research and they figure out what you're really getting for your dollar um, and making their decision that way as opposed to who has the big pretty ads and everything else. Um, that's, a, that's a really big deal. Understand the substance that you're paying for, what, what you're getting out of it. So, Well, you know, it's, it's a substance over, you know, flash over facts, right? Right. Stick yeah, with Paul. Just, just the facts, ma'am. That's where we want to be. Folks, this is Philip Name and Rob High. Uh, join us back here at CCW Safe right after this. And I'm brilliant. I just know. Welcome back to the CCW Safe Podcast. Again, I'm Rob High with Phil Naiman and uh, just talking about some current 2A events. Uh, we wanted to go this last segment and cover a little bit about uh, your method of carry, your equipment, um, some of the things that should be first and foremost in your selection and moving forward. Um, Phil, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, that's, it's so broad. We could probably do about a month's worth of shows on, on all those different topics. Right. But, you know, one of the big things that we're seeing is constitutional carry, open carry, concealed carry. Maybe we should just focus on what concealed carry is, what open carry is pros and cons. Absolutely. Um, you know, there, we had a huge thing in Oklahoma when we went with open carry um, that we had the first day that was out, guys that wanted to show that I'm exercising my rights and look at what I got. And they're, they're walking around and I'm so going sing, single point slinging their AR in the grocery store. We've had that too. We, we had a guy that was doing his little, his, his, what do you call it? His two A audits that he was going around being filmed all the time. Um, and he didn't realize that going into a restaurant with that slung AR was actually a chargeable offense. Is the alcohol serving? Um, yes, sure was. Um, but I mean, you've got guys that just want to show you that that I'm just exercising my rights. The, the law says I can, so I can. And well, let, let me let me back up a little bit for history here for those of you. Again, I'm I am calling in from the People's Republic of Occupied California. If you look, there's an AR-15 on the wall back. Oops, there you go. AR-15 on the wall with a really weird looking handle, right? We have to do that. Uh, we have to put fins on them. We have to secure, anyway, lots of stuff we deal with from the People's Republic of Occupied California. And what is interesting is just a few short years ago, we had open carry, we did. But these brilliant brainiacs decided that we should push the limit and have 50 guys show up carrying a weapon wherever. And they called them open carry rallies. And they were showing their second amendment support. And I said, dudes, you're poking the bear. So, you know, all law enforcement gets called in because that's unusual for a downtown area to have 50 guys walking around with pistols on their hips or rifles on their back or whatever. And eventually the state legislature says, that's enough of this foolishness. We'll write a law specifically so you can't do that. And, and so it gets taken away. So, you know, poking the bear, like your two aotic guy is never a good idea. If you have it, just enjoy it. Don't, if we have something on our side, <laughs> Don't screw it up for the rest of us, right? Just, Please. Yeah. You know, if I have open carry and I want to do it when I'm hiking or doing something like that, that's fine. Personally, I prefer concealed carry. How about you, Rob? Uh, absolutely. Um, if nothing else, if there's somebody that enters into your local convenience store and you just stopped 
to, to grab a loaf of bread after you gassed up and you're headed home, uh, I don't want to walk in on an armed robbery in progress and all of a sudden my bad guy notices that I got a gun before I notice that he has one and, and I'm the first target. Because yeah, his is concealed. This is concealed. He's and hiding. Action, action beats reaction. He pulls and fires and you're like, uh, uh, so, still got my thumb strap down. Or how about this scenario? I've got a beautiful Wilson 1911, TAC 45, great gun on my hip, right? Hammer back, got the thumb strap over the top. I'm grocery shopping. And a felon who just got released from jail, who doesn't have a firearm, notices that I'm shopping in the same aisle he is in the coffee can aisle. And he grabs a one pound can or three pound can of folders and beans me in the back of the head with it while I'm shopping. Well, what happened to that beautiful Wilson 1911? <laughs> it's gone off your hip, right? You, I think with open carry, you know, there's so many things that you're making yourself a target. And look, concealed carry. I'm not saying don't carry it. I'm saying don't leave everything don't show all your cards, right? right? If you're playing poker, they play seven card poker. Why do they keep two cards down? I, I think that's two. I don't know. I don't play poker, but I know they keep some cards down. They don't share them with everybody at the table, right? right. Because you're going to lose. And, and I think that that's the difference between concealed carry and open carry. Open carry is fine. Certain situations, you guys are out doing your thing. You know, I, I think it exists as a law for that purpose. But if you're in town, if you're in a mall, you're shopping or church, whatever, I prefer concealed carry. Uh, I want to be a wild card that they can't factor in. And I want to be not the first person who gets shot because I've got a gun on my hip. Well, and the other part that I've always noticed is the guys that are out there exercising that right and showing everybody and their dog that I've, I've got a pistol on my hip. They're they're, they're strapping that thing to their body with a $12 plastic belt that they, they got at the Walmart. And it's and Uncle it's Mike's in, Universal. I got a lot of pistols. Just want one holster. Absolutely. It's in a $7 holster. And, and you don't understand the amount of training that a law enforcement officer goes through on weapon retention and holstered gun defense and things like that. Even with a, a holster that has tremendous retention systems built in automatically. Um, and I still know cops that have had their guns taken away from them. And these aren't just like Joe average cops. I know some really high speed guys that have lost guns in fights. Um, if you don't think that, that guys in a penitentiary don't practice taking things from people, they do. If they can get side control, if they can get you down, get side control, then the angle that they're working at can, can release that firearm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's part of the deal. You know, there's so many people that think that just owning that firearm is enough. And, and if you think just possessing that is enough to scare somebody, um, you, you probably shouldn't be carrying a firearm. Um, you know, maybe on maybe on one of our upcoming shows we should do something on holsters because that that is such a big thing. You you get a bucket holster where the gun slides in, and maybe there's a thumb strap. Maybe it kind of goes over the back of it. Maybe it's not even a thumb break. Maybe it goes all the way over and three inches down the side, and there's a snap on it. You know, 
there's, there's lots of things we can talk about for proper retention. You know, here's the other thing is you're walking across the street, you're texting because you're not paying attention and you trip over bubble gum on the floor and you fall down, you fall forward on your knees and your hands because you just tripped. Maybe you're wearing flip-flops. I don't know. I don't wear flip-flops and the gun spills forward. Yes. You know, yep. be, so your gun goes across the, across the asphalt. Yeah, you got some explaining to do. So there's lots of things as far as your firearm. Not only when do you use it, but how do you carry it? How do you carry it responsibly and comfortably? All right. Um, in the county I'm in, you can get six weapons on your on your CCW list. Okay, which is you know sounds like sounds like you should have them all, right? But six is a, is rather generous, I think, because other counties are one or three. So, you know, I, I have a breadth that are on there from a 642, which is a very small 38 special that when I'm wearing my suit, that's probably what I'm going to have on me or a P365, if you can find one of those in California, small, small, compact, right? Well, I've got a 21 and a, a Glock 21. And I've got a Smith Wesson 29 on there. Why? Because when I'm out hiking in the mountains, uh, I got a 629 on my hip. It's a whole different situation, right? So you can carry it for the breadth, but, but what you notice is when you first get in, and all of the um, CCW investigators out here say the same thing, everybody puts all these guns on their first time they get it. When they renew, they have one or two and they put the 629 on and the Glock 21 on, and then, you know, the 17 and all the stuff they like, the CZ 75, they put all this on and they come down and say, okay, I want just the lightest, smallest, thinnest. Let's <laughs> stick with the MMP shield at the end yeah. because, you know, five pounds of, of iron on your hip get, wears at you after a while. Or, or you've got a Glock 21 appendix carry and you get in your car and you're like, okay, this is, this is not going to work. We should do something else with this. You know, so, um, yeah, I think I think uh, maybe one of our future shows about uh, just holsters, holster design would be a, a good idea. Absolutely. Um, there, there's just so many things out there and it depends on, you know, what what is your method of carry? Are you going to do appendix? Are you going to are you going to go, you know, on your hip? There's still a lot of people that want to want to put a gun behind their back. Um well, Magnum PI did it. I mean, that's where I got the idea. It's like, oh, I just slide a 45 in the back here. It's, yeah, it's, you know, what could happen? It's, it worked for him. He got the girls and a Ferrari. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he always it, got shot right here in the, in the one same spot. I think it was like just, he had duct tape over the hole. He got shot there so often. <laughs> it, it's so funny. Um, and that's the other thing is, is, there's so many pieces to this. You know, are you carrying an additional magazine with you? Um, I don't always, I'll tell you that. Um, I, when I was still full-time law enforcement, I, if I carried a, a firearm with me, I always had a set of handcuffs with me. It, it just made sense. I mean, the vast majority of the times I've deployed a firearm, I didn't have to touch a trigger. Um, uh, the the effective display was was typically enough but that's not always the case um, well, and, and we don't have that power so if there's correct. a bad guy you know you can't stop him and then say okay now i'm going to handcuff you that's you know that opens up especially california a whole other issue of stuff so you know you don't have the power to lock them up and hog time as much as you would like to um, 
maybe you should, I don't know, zip ties? You know, it, I, I still How about think, the Chinese, the Chinese finger thing? You just shove them yeah. in that. <laughs> the thumb handcuffs. Um, there you go. I, I still think it, it's a really big deal for people. You know, we, we discussed earlier um, your situational awareness. Um, you don't really have to train a lot after you've been on, on the streets for a while as a cop because uh, you, you just develop that hypervigilance. Um, you'll see a lot of these guys that were coming back from deployment, you know, that had seen combat that uh, they, they can't, you know, they can't pass a piece of trash on the side of the road without immediately Very flinching and, yeah. and veering and, and because they're, they're looking for, IEDs. for explosives. Absolutely. Um, it's just part of the thing that becomes part of you. Um, and it's, and it's one of those that I don't want, I don't want everybody living in fear, but I, I want everybody to pay attention to the things going on around them. Right. Um, we, we discussed that a little earlier about, you know, not, I, I've taught uh, a, a situational awareness course for women. I've done it for nurses that are working overnight shifts and things like that. I've done it for real estate groups. Um, and typically those are people that are confident and can follow these instructions pretty good, but you get you get some housewife that has never been in those situations and, and they see somebody that looks kind of mean and all of a sudden so, they become submissive and they. Now and they, I'm, I'm calling in from California here, right? So I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I want to correct this. It's not that the housewives have anything wrong with them or are demeaning. It's that they have not been in those situations before. That's you're what you're alluding to, right? You're absolutely correct. Right. Okay. <laughs> They're not trained to deal with those things, so something well, hopefully makes them not. Well, you know, let me let me bring up my wife for example. Right, she doesn't have to worry about that stuff. She, you know, she even says, "I'm so thankful that, you know, she can go on autopilot. She doesn't have to." When when we're together, she knows that I'm always the stupid guy looking over her shoulder. Right, um, that's my job. I'm I'm not going to be on call and have something happen to my family. Right, right. I don't want to live with that. So, yeah, I, I'm the idiot that's checking is, you know, making sure that we're in the right position and, and all the time. And, you know, sometimes we're at the mall, all of a sudden we're moving across. Why? Just because dad says, go over here, you know? And um, so I think many of the times that it's because they've been taken care of by somebody else, their father or husband or brother or something else. So they haven't had, it's been done for them but they haven't had to do it themselves. And that's why, you know, so many times the women single widow divorce, all of a sudden they want to buy a first gun because they realize, unfortunately folks, you are the first responder to a critical incident because you're the victim. You know, Rob was a police officer for years. Rob, how many crimes did you stop from happening? Or were you reacting to things that had already happened? Uh, I was fortunate enough to work in some positions that I did get to work as proactive when, when you're doing the gang stuff. Thing. But I mean, if you're in a black and white car, the vast majority, you're driving around going, I think something's going to happen over here. I should probably drive. Or is it you're responding to this call because something happened, this call because something happened right. and you're going there after the fact. So you're not a first responder. You're there playing cleanup. Typically. Yeah. You're, you're the historian that's coming to, to write the archived story for it. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
And so you are the first responder. So especially, you know, women on their own for the first time, or maybe just moved out of the house or something like that. Absolutely imperative that they get, get training, get situational awareness, like you're talking about, get armed up and with the right thing and not a $7 holster and not, not your gun loose in the purse. That's another no, no, don't do that. Even if, and, and if you're a guy, that's not a man bag. Right. That's a purse. Don't wear it. Okay. Get a holster. No fanny packs. All right. there's a, there's a, I have many more bias I'm willing to share. So just let me know <laughs> when you want me to go down a rabbit trail. Uh, yeah, flip-flops and, and man purses. I can't do them. Sorry. All right. Um, what else, what else you get? So, so the end story folks, and obviously this is a CCW safe podcast. They want you to do their product, but check them out. You can see all the different levels that they have for their memberships from household coverage to individual. Um, but they all have, have certain great aspects for them. And Rob can talk more about that, but you find those at ccwsafe.com, ccwsafe.com. And um, if you want any of my podcasts, I'm at firinglineradio.com. We do a program out here in Southern California and on the internet. So check that out if you'd like. And um, Rob, where else we got? Um, coming up, we're going to have... Uh some of our experts from CCW Safe, they're gonna be visiting with us. Um, so if, if you've got any topics that you'd like to hear, um, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. Uh, it's rob at ccwsafe.com. It's super easy to get a hold of me. Um, and these experts, I mean, so we say experts, but these really are like Don West, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Don West, one of the major attorneys, he, he worked on the... Um, Oh, what's his name now? George, uh, George Zimmerman. Thank you. The George Zimmerman case, you know, that was, you want to talk about a highly politically charged case. Well, he was one of the main attorneys for that uh, in, and in other very high profile cases. Um, uh, Larry Vickers, right? You got, okay. so we'll have him on. So lots of people on there that when we say we have experts, CCW actually has experts. So that's a big, big factor on that. And then we'll go through uh, every now and then we'll drop stuff like our, our holster review or how to carry review, um, mag changes, how do you carry your extra mags, kind of ammunition should you have mm -hmm. suggestedly, you know, lots of different things we'll add to try and add some different parts to it. But, you know, number one thing is be safe, be CCW safe. That's a tagline you can have if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um but truly we we are honored uh to have the members that we do we're we're appreciative of those of you turn it tuning in with us um if if there's topics that you'd like to see addressed we'd be happy to look at those um and as I said, we'll, we'll have some of our experts joining in with us, uh, be able to answer some of your questions and uh, be a little bit more uh, pointed on, on some of the critical things that we're talking about. Um, so we just appreciate you guys tuning in. That's awesome. All right. That's great. Well, we'll see you all next week. Eh? God bless. <laughs>